Hello, and welcome to the Once Again Podcast. We are your hosts, Ashley and Jason. On today's episode, we will be looking at Once Upon a Time, Season 1, Episode 4, The Price of Gold. This episode was written by David H. Goodman and directed by David Solomon. It premiered on November 13th, 2011, and had a viewership of 11.36 million. A brief synopsis, Emma tries to help a young pregnant woman escape the clutches of Mr. Gold. Meanwhile, back in the fairy tale world, Cinderella makes a regrettable deal with Rumpelstiltskin. Well, I mean, getting right into it, the title card features Cinderella's fairy godmother, which is quite interesting given how very little she has to do with this episode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, it was interesting too. Um, she gave me. Uh, do you remember when that um, Whitney Houston Brandy Cinderella yes. movie came? Like, uh, I think her coloring. And yeah, stuff, the, she her, like yeah, yeah she wore the, the gold outfit as, as well. Yes. I was like, oh, I'm getting like that. It was Whitney Houston, right? If I remember. Yes. Correctly. Yeah. Yeah, you're getting Whitney yeah. Houston's gold fairy tale. I felt the same way. Yeah. The it gold, was, the coloring of the outfit was like completely the same, and I'm wondering if they took that vibe from there. Probably. They take a little bit from from everything, it seems. But getting right into this episode, we start off with Cinderella's stepmother and stepsisters going to the ball. Her fairy godmother appears and tells Cinderella that although her stepmother said she cannot go, she is going to go anyway. However, immediately after this, the fairy godmother explodes in a horrendous yet amazing display of fire. She is swiftly incinerated and Rumpelstiltskin appears and grabs her magic wand. Cinderella shouts in despair, saying that he just killed her fairy godmother, and that the wand is pure magic. He replies the wand is pure evil, and that he just saved her. Cinderella asks if he knows how to use the wand. And it's funny, it made me laugh. Did you ever watch True Blood or no? No. In that series, the main character, Sookie, finds out that she's half fairy, or fae as they refer to it. And she has a fairy godmother that's there to protect her. Yeah, and I believe it's Bill, but it might be Eric. Anyway, it's one of the vampires. Fae are irresistible to vampires. Like, they just smell better. Uh, Their blood is delicious and everything. And at one point, one of them, I don't remember which one it is, but they just murder her fairy godmother in front of her. And she screams out, you killed my fairy godmother. Um, so it just it's funny that that line was in here. It gave me the same vibes as watching True yeah. Blood. Rumpelstiltskin tells her that all magic comes with a price. And she tells him that she will do anything to have her life change for the better. He tells her that if she can shoulder the, the consequences, he will give her what she wants in exchange for a favor. She tells him that he will give her anything, to which he says, and now we're talking if he can get her out of her present misery of life. He agrees to this for a price. She must give him something of hers, something to be decided upon at a later date, and is taken by him sometime in the future. He makes her sign a contract, agreeing to his terms. After this, he waves the wand and puts a beautiful gown on her and glass slippers. He wishes her a good time and tells her to watch the clock. She doesn't really specify why she needs to be watching the clock, though. Which... Yeah, I guess that's just on us, the audience, to know that she had to be home by midnight or whatever it was. 
I find the contract signing here very interesting. It reminds hmm. me of Ursula and Ariel with Ariel signing the contract oh, in the yeah. animated movie. Yeah, and I didn't think of that. That's a it's very got good got really good Ariel vibes there, which is interesting because this is Cinderella, but yeah, I imagine that's where they were pulling that from. Yeah. One of the trivia things that I found out about was if you slow down the video, you see when she signs the contract that the first letter that she writes is C. And so even though everyone calls her Ella going forward, insinuating that Cinderella was a nickname, I guess canonically yeah. her name actually is Cinderella. Cinderella. And Ella was the nickname. I thought it was interesting that she points out to him and says, uh, glass slippers, and he responds, every story, story needs, needs a memorable, memorable detail. detail. And I, it made me wonder, like, does he know her story? Like, in the future, we find out Rumpel can go to other realms. And, like, has he met other Cinderella's? Just something to think about. I, just, I, I love that they always love to kind of bring up the fact that their stories, I, I just think it's a way of them nodding to the fact that we're dealing with storybook characters mm. who are in our worlds, but that to us, they they should be fake as can be, but they're not. Mm. Yeah, no, you're probably right. Back in Storybrooke, Henry and Emma are walking down the streets. Emma drops Henry off at his school bus and Sheriff Graham shows up, siren blazing. Uh, he thanks Emma for helping him find David and offers her a job as the deputy. She tells him she'll have to think about it. I thought it was interesting that Henry says to her in the conversation that they're having that he needs something to call her. And she says, oh, we'll just call me Emma for now. And then he responds, okay, see you later then, Emma. And like, he really like stresses the Emma. Yeah, well, I mean, we know he's kind of looking to call her mom. Like that's what he's right. wanting out of that right. conversation, but she doesn't want to commit to that at all because mm -hmm. obviously. Mm -hmm. But what I find interesting about the scene, Emma's hair is up for once. Like they do a oh, lot yeah. of interesting stuff with her look this episode. Yeah. But her hair is up in a ponytail, like yeah. it's back. It's not down. Like it almost always is in every other scene in the series almost like. Yeah. And she, I think she's just walking around in a t-shirt. I don't think she has her jacket on. If I... No. In the book, she, you know, when Sheriff offers her the the job the job emma thinks that she wouldn't mind working late hours with him but Ooh. wonders about his relationship with regina and what that might be because mm. she thinks something's going on but there's no proof in the book as yeah of i've read that is, that is interesting um yeah the show played with the idea of uh emma and graham kind of getting together yeah you, you I, I don't think they really play, play with it right away but no. definitely later on which i yeah. You know, I'm sure this is just alluding to that because the book was obviously was written after the first season had already premiered. So yeah. and you can it, pull from everything. Poor, poor Graham, in my opinion, he's just uh, one in a long list of guys that fall for Emma that... Uh, Hot men that fall for Emma. And... They're not long for this world. Though. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, and... Well, we'll get there when, they, when we get there, but seemingly the only one who uh, can stay with her is the only one who can't really be killed, <laughs> no matter what. Um, just, just keeps coming back for more. Emma heads to the diner for hot chocolate and meets he with her- He heads for coffee and gets a hot chocolate. I just want to say that now. Oh, really? Yeah, hmm. she says coffee, I think. Maybe that happens in the book, but in the book she mentions coffee. 
but it always turns to hot chocolate, which is huh. so interesting to me. I could I could be mistaken, but I think there was whipped cream on top of it in the episode. Oh, it definitely was hot chocolate. I just oh. feel I don't know if it was just in the book or in this, but something mentioned coffee, and I was like, hmm. but she never gets coffee. She always gets hot chocolate. Hmm. That's weird. But yeah, like I was saying, she heads to the diner for hot chocolate and meets with Regina, who wants to know how her walk with Henry went. Regina tells Emma that her presence in town no longer worries her because she's looked up Emma's history and found out that she doesn't stay anywhere for very long. Regina knows that Emma is living with Mary Margaret, but believes that Emma will not change her transcendent life. The number seven is specifically referenced, and that's the number of addresses that Emma's had in the past decade. Yeah, I just think that, you know, Regina's just at this point trying to tell herself, like, Emma's not here for long. Mm. There's nothing going on. Yeah, nothing to worry about. Curse isn't going to be broken. Everything's totally fine. Yeah. <laughs> After Regina leaves, Emma drops the hot chocolate all over herself, which I, I watched twice when I was rewatching this episode. And the cut that they used was like, did she purposely spill it on herself? Like, like she, she stands up and, oh no, like, yeah. Um, But she drops the hot chocolate all over herself. She heads to the laundry room after asking Ruby uh, if they have a laundry room, Mm, Ruby, uh, in the (laughs) restaurant to wash her clothes. Sorry. Uh, You know, she's what, I think she's only season one, season two, and then kind of every so often. Um, so I got to enjoy Ruby while she's around. She heads to the laundry room in the restaurant to wash her clothes. She meets a pregnant girl there named Ashley Boyd, who tells her that the baby could come any day. She tells Emma that no one thinks she can take care of the baby because she is only 19. Emma tells her that it is her choice because only she can decide what she wants. And this to me is one of those things that I have to ask, like, how does it work with the curse? Has she been pregnant these 28 years? Like yeah. every day? Oh. Like, th- was the pregnancy paused too? Like, and yeah. how is the baby okay? Like, yeah. I want to know. That's going to come out a fully grown adult. Um, but yeah, or it's... A 28-year-old human coming out of... Could, but could you imagine, oh, 28 years of being pregnant every day? This poor girl... Mr. Gold is seen leaving his pawnbroker shop. Once the coast is clear, Ashley puts a brick through the window of his shop. She finds a wall safe, but Mr. Gold walks in, discovers her, and asks what she is doing. She tells him that she is changing her life. Then she pepper sprays him in the eyes and takes the key uh, for the safe from his belt. So I have a couple things about this uh, scene. When Gold is leaving the shop and he locks it. He turns his head to the side and looks as if he suspects someone's there. However, he then walks in the opposite direction. And then we see that Ashley is on that side. She's on the opposite side of where he looked. So does he always just look that way when he's locking up the shop? Or like, did he know someone and it was just the wrong camera angle that they used or something? Maybe, I would assume just the wrong camera angle. Mm -hmm. And then I, I also wondered um, if you pepper sprayed Rumpelstiltskin with his magic powers, what would happen? Probably nothing, right? I mean, he gets stabbed and other things happen to him. I don't him. know. He's still like, he's still a person. 
right and so i assume it would bother him at the very least but i think he'd be able to lash out immediately and you'd probably be dead for doing that well yes obviously you'd be, but i i don't know I, I i feel like if uh if he was at his full power if he was lizard rumple as it were yeah i think if you pepper sprayed him nothing would happen i do have one note too and you could probably take this out if you mm. want to because it is getting into other stuff like way oh, down go right ahead you know, we get a first good look at Rumple's shop and kind of what he has in there, but they do heavily look at those two dolls. Hmm. And oh. those are, we know those are Geppetto's parents. Yes. Like, yeah. We as yeah. viewers know. So I found that interesting that, like, That's you know, some, I, I'm they gonna... really lay heavily on those dolls in this episode when I don't think we figure out who they are for another episode. Okay, maybe it's the next episode, but I know it's like. It might be. I have to look but yeah one of the things when I look up the trivia about the show I'm gonna have to start doing a better job of putting it with the episodes but one of the things that is listed is what's in Rumpel's shop or excuse me what's in Mr. Gold's shop because they've mentioned like things like um toys that Emma had as a baby or that were there for Emma as a baby in the Enchanted Forest or in his shop and I'm gonna have to pay closer attention when we see those things because that's that's a good catch seeing Japan. Yeah. And that might be foreshadowing if it is the next episode or even if it's not, um, that might be good foreshadowing of I what's know to it come. definitely is this season. I just mm. don't remember quite what episode that is. Hmm. Well, moving on in the next scene, Regina is telling Henry that she does not enjoy the city council meetings. She tells him under no circumstance to leave the house. Henry watches her leave, gets his bag, and is clearly leaving the house. I mean, he waited, what, all of six seconds? Oh, he waited like three seconds? <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. surprised she didn't like go turn around to catch him. Oh, like, totally. Knew. Yeah. She knew he was leaving. Yeah, yeah. Mary Margaret and Emma are eating at Mary Margaret's apartment, or I guess their apartment now, I should say. And Mr. Gold comes to see Emma. He tells Emma that he has a proposition for her as, as he is looking for someone. Mary Margaret leaves them alone, and Mr. Gold gives Emma a picture of Ashley. Emma asks, why doesn't he go to the police? And he says he doesn't want to ruin her life. He just wants something back that she has of his. Mr. Gold begs for her help because he doesn't want to see Ashley's baby born in jail. This is a, this is a pretty interesting scene, in my opinion. Um, I, well, any scene with gold is a great scene, in my opinion. Oh, yeah, 100%. Mm-hmm. But I also think this is the first time we really see, like, we see him now being a little bit like, oh, he's a bit conniving. This mm-hmm. is our first real episode with him to begin with. You know, mm-hmm. other episodes wasn't so much the star of the episode. He kind of showed up to give us a little bit of a taste. Mm-hmm. But this is the first episode we're really getting Rumple at his, and Mr. Gold that they're like, finest well it's interesting we talked about what they use with the characters and what they don't use i know in the original tale of rumpelstiltskin and it's been some time since i've read it but he does have some sort of obsession with getting children if i remember correctly but there's also think so there's also a thing about if you know his name like you have power over him yes so it's interesting how they use certain elements and by the way at this point I, I would imagine we're being led to believe that Ashley stole something from his safe, like money or something, yes. not 
that she stole that she stole herself essentially yeah yeah because he is the richest man in town and she took the key to his safe so it, it would you know you would think oh she stole his money i have here that henry bursts in the door and sees mr gold mr gold wishes emma good luck as he leaves henry asks emma if she knows who he was since he's having a hard time figuring out who mr gold's fairy tale counterpart is so i have a good note for this yes. because in the book it's specifically emma thinks to herself well we already know it's rumpelstiltskin because that's what henry thinks now henry thinks it's rumpelstiltskin mm. and then henry also goes on like to figure out like right after this that like ashley is cinderella just by being like he just asks asks emma is she pregnant by any chance and emma's just like why would why did you already know that i didn't say that mm. <laughs> because hmm. henry basically looked it up in the book and was like oh i know who this is now because he knows that rumple let mr gold is rumble so the book definitely portrays henry as knowing <laughs> hmm. that that's interesting because it it somewhat does bother me that henry on the show couldn't i mean maybe it's because he's a kid so he wouldn't really understand well, rumple also looks quite a bit different in the book i imagine than he does in real life because you've got lizard rumple going yeah. on not Fair. mr gold rumple going on very so. true very true even their hair is different um, yeah they, it's different enough where i can understand it but also i don't think we ever get a point in the show where henry's like aha i figured out that it's rumpelstiltskin so i think the book actually makes that make more sense that henry would already know no it, it does i it, don't think we ever come back to this right statement. and yeah and it does make more sense that he just knows but like my, my the only defense i could see of him not knowing is that since henry's a kid he wouldn't necessarily necessarily understand that Mr. Gold, like the power that Mr. Gold has in the town, being the richest person in the town and like doing shady yeah. deals and everything like, cause he can, Henry's a kid, he's innocent. Um, and also I imagine Regina kept Henry as far away from Mr. Gold as she possibly could throughout oh, his adolescence. Definitely. Yeah. I have here a note that, sa that says, Henry to Emma, is that all that you brought? And this was again, referring to Emma's lack of possessions and just someone who moves frequently isn't going to have a lot of stuff. Yeah, which and I mean, makes sense. Mm -hmm. Emma tells Henry that Ashley is pregnant and desperate and that she has to find her. Henry wants to help her look because he wants to spend time with Emma. Yep. And she's wearing the blue leather jacket. Oh, another good catch. I didn't notice that. Yeah, we uh we are not wearing our signature red leather jacket in this hmm. episode. We are wearing a blue leather jacket. She has worn the red leather jacket though in previous episodes, right? Yes, she's been hmm. wearing it. I think I think this is one of those where I remember reading or hearing that they wanted to change it and see but i don't think it really went through that well so they went mm. back to the red jacket but mm. on occasion you'll note that she does change the jacket it's not always the same red red jacket either mm. those change as well see it's a, that's because i just all picture her jackets the one. are one of a kind made for her character if i remember correctly wow so i'm learning so much today right now i know a lot about the leather jackets because i love leather jackets yeah so now we're back in the fairy tale realm and Cinderella and Prince Thomas are watching the fireworks being held to celebrate their wedding. Snow White and Prince Charming arrive at the wedding. 
And Snow White compliments Cinderella because she is an inspiration that anyone can change their life. I stressed the word Thomas, or the name Thomas, I should say, because I went and looked it up because I couldn't remember exactly what the Disney princesses, the Disney princesses, I don't know if I'm saying that correctly, but what their names were. And in Cinderella, the prince's name is Charming, whereas Snow White's prince is simply referred to as the prince. So here we have Charming, our Charming, Once Upon a Time's Charming is with Snow White. So they had to give Cinderella's prince a different name. Yeah. Although, and maybe I shouldn't mention this, but down the road, there is a Cinderella who does get a Prince Charming. I would like to say, though, that Snow White in the movie, he does have a name that we don't use. So Yes. It's Ferdinand or Florian, depending on what story or movie you are watching or reading. Are they supposed to be French or is that Italian or... Pretty sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Is it? I, I thought Snow White was German, though, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, Ferdin- Ferdinand. Ferdinand or Florian. So. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes more sense that they're that they're German. I know Snow White, <laughs> based on my episode about uh, little Snow White and uh, yeah. Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. I know that the evil queen in the film is German or Germanic in origin, um, because one of the specific details that was pointed out was that even though she's Germanic in origin, the book of spells that she read is Italian, uh, is written yeah. in Italian, but I'm getting off point now. Rumpelstiltskin shows up at the party, and he says that he is proud of Cinderella as well. He asks her if she has gotten everything she desires, and Cinderella immediately asks what the price is. He tells her it is something that she does not yet possess, but something that is coming, her firstborn. I wanted to ask, does he only appear to Cinderella? Because- It is a question because no one else seems alarmed that Lizard Man Rumpelstiltskin is there and you would think they would be. Yeah. Especially none of them realize she has a deal with them, which we know we'll see in a second that she has to tell Thomas about it. So it's not like people wouldn't be, it's her wedding. She's on the dance floor. People would be watching her. So I wonder if he just appears to just her. I'm assuming he froze time temporarily or something Mm, like that, because I don't know, like, otherwise she would look like she's talking and dancing to herself because their interaction was short, but it wasn't that short. Well, I I just meant perhaps he like glamored himself. Oh yeah, I guess that could be To look like a normal person to everyone else, but to her, she sees That could also be true. I suppose I didn't think about that. Mm. The next scene is just kind of a continuation of that. Cinderella is in her room packing a bag when Thomas comes in and asks her where she is going. She tells him that she is pregnant and he wonders why this has her upset. Cinderella tells him that she made a deal with Rumpelstiltskin and that she would that she would give him their firstborn child. She tells her husband that she is going to lose everything as Rumpelstiltskin is too powerful. Thomas tells her that they will make another deal. Nothing? <sighs> Nothing. Okay. Moving right along. Emma is questioning Ruby. Mm, Ruby. About Ashley. <laughs> Sorry, I won't do it every time. Emma, t- Emma tells Ruby that she has a stepmother and two stepsisters, all of which she does not like to talk to. She tell, uh, And this is uh, in the show is where Henry puts it together, I believe. He's like, oh, she's Cinderella, stepmother yeah. and two stepsisters. 
Uh, she tells Emma that Ashley is really trying to put her life back together. Emma heads over to Sean Herman's, Ashley's ex, ex's house, who is Thomas in the real world counterpart. And Sean's father comes out and tells Emma that he is not going to let his son ruin his life, that he made a deal with Ashley that she would give up the child. He tells Emma that he found someone who is willing to pay very well for the baby. And Emma realizes it's Mr. Gold who wants the baby. Yeah. So a note from the book here is, you know, when Emma's talking to Ruby, they're also, you know, her uh, Ruby's car is being like dropped off or whatever. And one of Emma's thoughts is, wow, Ruby has a very nice car for a waitress. Mm. And I've never thought about it. But now am I thinking about it? How is Ruby affording that car? Um, Where did Ruby get the car? That's why she wears those shorts. She gets a lot of tips. Um, <laughs> you know, it's I, sad, but true. You know, it happens. I guess. She's, you know, she's putting it to use. Henry is telling Emma that she cannot make Ashley break a deal with Mr. Gold. Emma and Henry head to the restaurant to see Ruby. And Emma is upset because Ruby did not tell her that Ashley sold the baby. Emma realizes Ruby gave Ashley her car. Emma asks Ruby to tell her where Ashley is so that she doesn't have to do the deal with Mr. Gold alone. Ruby tells her that Ashley left half an hour ago for Boston because she believes she can disappear there. And my notes, I have Ruby saying to Emma, I can't talk in front of him. He's the mayor's kid. And Henry saying, hey, I'm on your side. It just made me laugh. I, I thought that was, those were two funny lines. Yeah. Oh, also uh, Henry hiding in the back of Emma's car. Uh, oh, how, that's so how, good. Yeah. Well, it that, that car has a lot of people that hide in the back of it and just pop up uh, throughout the seasons. Or at least it's a genetic trait that Henry got. Yeah. Back in the Enchanted Forest, Cinderella, Thomas, Charming, and the dwarves are in a cave where they have set up a prison in which they are planning to, tra to trap Rumpelstiltskin. They have sent a message to Rumpelstiltskin telling him that a doctor has heard two heartbeats. Thus, they are going to make a new deal. They show her a red feather quill, which has a spell on it, so that anyone who signs with it will be immobilized and temporarily powerless. I love that we see the prison and how it was kind of hear the story of how it was made, especially because we saw it in the first two episodes. Mm. But I had a thought here, and it, this relates back to the scene at the ball when they got married. So Charming and Snow are clearly together, and they're at that wedding. Like, mm -hmm. what is the timeline going on right now? Because if Snow and Charming are already married, then they already know the evil queen is coming. And Rumpel is not in the prison yet. No. And I just, like, what is, like, what is the timeline? Well. Do they not care? Are they not threatened? Do they think the queen won't actually do anything? Like, I don't understand. Let's presume that all the maidens of the Enchanted Forest are virtuous. So from when the queen threatens to ruin their happy ending to when the curse actually comes is at least nine months because Snow would have had to have gotten pregnant and then delivered Emma. Yeah. So I guess, I guess Cinderella is also gets, I guess they get married around the same time and she gets pregnant. Yeah, like in order for this to work, they have to get married around the same time. Yeah. Like, let's say it was 
let's say it was a season apart, like uh, winter and fall or fall and, you know, summer or something like that. Yeah. Like Snow and, Snow and Charming had a summer. Like Snow would have to be pregnant at the ball, but not pregnant enough to be showing. Yeah, right. It is interesting. I think uh, once we get to, I don't remember the season number, but once we get to the Camelot storyline, I think it would be very interesting to try and do a timeline then because there are major retcons in that storyline about characters' origins and what happens and everything. I think yeah. if, I think if we try to put a timeline together right now, we're just going to end up throwing it out. <laughs> but yeah, that would that would make a good episode too, doing a timeline episode. But from my notes, I have Charming and the Dwarves are going to trick trick Rumple, and I think this is the first example of good guys doing a quote unquote bad thing. Uh, to get what they want. And also Grumpy saying to Cinderella, I hope you like it. A lot of dwarf blood went into it, uh, referring to Rumpel's prison. And I wondered, you know, maybe I, I'm reading too much into this, but I wondered if it was literal, like they had to use dwarf blood for some type of magic yeah. to keep Rumpel in there. I mean, it could have been. So in the next scene, we have Emma and Henry driving when they see Ruby's cars crashed and deserted at the town line. They hear screaming and find Ashley on the grassy side of the road having contractions. And my question for this was, she was leaving town and the curse doesn't want to let her leave. So did the car crash induce the labor or do you think she started having contractions and that's what caused the car crash? Probably more likely that she started having contractions and crashed. Mm. Like that just seems to be like it would be more likely, right? Yeah. Yeah. Then Emma and Henry help Ashley into the car and drive back to the hospital. Ashley is distressed and frightened that Mr. Gold is going to take her child. Emma tells her that if she wants the baby, she must grow up. And the line she says to her is, you have to grow up and you can't leave. Uh, She says that to Ashley about the baby. And I thought that was interesting because you have Henry in the back of the car and you have Emma growing to really care about Henry. Yeah. And maybe like regretting her decision to give him up. Yeah, exactly. So now we go back to the Enchanted Forest. Cinderella is meeting with Rumpelstiltskin, and she tells him she wants to alter the bargain. He tells her that is not what he does, and she lies and tells him that she is having twins. He asks her if she wants to give both of them up. She tells him that her husband is having problems, as the lands are poor and they cannot feed their people. She tells him that she she can always have more children, but she cannot make the lands fertile. She tells Rumpel that if he signs on the dotted line and makes their lands fertile, he can have both children. Rumpel reminds her that the only way to stop him is with magic, and all magic comes with a price. And if she imprisons him, she will be in even more debt to him. He takes the quill and signs the contract and is frozen. He tells her that no one breaks deals with him and ensures her that no matter what, he will have her baby one day. I find this so interesting because like he really alludes like I know what you're trying to do I wouldn't do it it's not gonna go well (laughs) yeah and they she still goes through it even though Ella is the one person that's like maybe we shouldn't use magic to do this yeah and she was right like that was not the way to go about it at any point well he's a fascinating character because he know he we find out later on he wanted to be in the prison like at the at the time that he was imprisoned and everything so 
it's not really doing him any harm to have, to have this like, done. That's why he, you know, that's yeah. why he signs. He would not have signed if that's not what he wanted to happen in the first place. Right. My question is, what, do, what does he want his her baby for? Um, okay, so I actually have an answer to this. Okay. To go, we're, we're going to go to the later seasons altogether because okay. the Black Fairy wants babies and we do see an episode with the black fairy where he kind of gives her well tries to give her a baby to get her to come out so that so that he can let her know who she is to him that's right yeah i'm assuming that's why he wants the baby but again i don't understand the timeline then if that's the case because that seems like a really weird timeline that's probably right i don't know if they were thinking that far ahead maybe they were when they wrote it, but I, I, I more so just imagine it was sort of a callback to the original Rumpelstiltskin tale of him wanting children and stuff. Yeah. But it, it, it just caught my eye because in later episodes, we see him take things from other characters. He gets something from Charming, he gets something from Snow, and then he uses those things together to get what he wants. Yeah. My, my I, I was wondering if he wanted the baby for something, like, you know, he wanted their firstborn child and someone else's firstborn child or something but I like I your, mean, it could I, be I really like your black fairy theory I think that's that's an excellent idea I mean I'm not sure that's what they were thinking of when they wrote that when this was written mm. but you know I'm sure they would say it was now <laughs> yeah I'm just gonna go with that that makes the most sense to me yeah and I, I like that that's now headcanon in the current timeline Henry tells Emma that she is different because she's the only one that can leave Storybrook. Uh, Henry tells her that she is the savior, that she can do anything he wants. The nurse comes to tell Emma that the baby is born, and the new baby girl and mother are doing fine. Mr. Gold shows up and thanks Emma for finding his baby. I feel like Henry pointing out to her that she can leave and everything like that, I feel like that's from that classic uh, mm, story. I can't remember what it, uh, like the hero's journey, that's what I'm thinking, yeah. like the, the call to action. I feel like the, this is kind of Henry like saying, oh, you know, you, you could go if you want and you're different. But, uh, uh, and it, I like the line that he says to her about, she was like, well, you left. And he's like, I'm 10. I had to come back. <laughs> yeah. Like, of course I came back. I had to <laughs> yeah. legally come yeah. back. Moving on. Cinderella tells Thomas she is so happy because she thought she would have to go back to her old life. Thomas tells Cinderella that as long as he is alive, nothing will happen to her. Cinderella starts to feel sick, and Thomas runs to get her some water from a well. She calls to Thomas to come back as she is feeling better now, but he does not respond. When she goes to the well, she finds nothing but his cape. Cinderella confronts Rumpelstiltskin and demands to know where her husband has disappeared to. Rumpel reminds her that all magic comes with a price, and tells her that she will not find her husband until the price is paid from the original deal they made. And in my notes... Is the well that Thomas goes to the same well that we see in later episodes? I mean, it might be. Okay. It's kind of, have a, it kind I think of has it's a... interesting too, is you realize that he said like, oh, they won't be together in this life or the next until hmm. the price is paid. And when did Thomas show up after Emma had struck her deal with gold and oh. basically taken on the burden herself? And that's when Thomas showed up. He didn't show up sooner than that because he couldn't in well, line with the magic going now, on there. Now you're just making me think, I have a note here actually, I'm skipping ahead a little bit, but is the reason that he wanted to have the baby 
just to be able to bargain with Emma in the future. Like he 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 set this all. He wasn't even interested in the baby. Set this all in motion. Yeah, who knows? Hmm. But I have here Mr. Gold is speaking to Emma, and she wants to know why the baby is called is his merchandise. He tells her that if anyone could understand why someone would give up a baby, she should. Emma tells him that he is not getting the baby, and he tells her that if the deal is not met, he will simply call the police and the baby will end up in the system. Emma tells Mr. Gold that she is willing to go to court and testify against him, and she doubts that the contract will hold up in court. Mr. Gold realizes that he cannot bluff Emma. Emma asks him to tear up the contract. He tells her that is not something he does. Mr. Gold offers a proposition. If he lets Ashley have the baby, would Emma be willing to give him a favor in the future? Emma agrees. Mr. Gold is the only one besides Henry who seems to understand Emma is very special because she is the daughter of Snow White. Yeah. Emma goes to visit Ashley and tells her that the baby's name is Alexandra, which is something that Thomas wanted to name the baby in the fairy tale world and Cinderella did not like it Emma tells her that she has taken care of Mr. Gold as she has made a deal with them Emma realizes that it is almost 5 p.m and she has to take Henry home because his mother will be expecting him Emma tells Henry that she has decided that her code name is pumpkin in honor of Cinderella Henry tells her that he has a better one but is not sure that she is ready to hear it yet Meanwhile, just alluding to the mom thing again. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Like, okay, Henry, you're oh, getting yeah. heavy-handed. And meanwhile, <clears throat> Regina is seen dressing and leaving someone's house, which is alluded to be Graham's house. She speaks to him as he is in the shower, revealing he and Regina are having an affair. And I have here in my notes that council meeting is code for Regina and Graham hooking up. Is it a house or is it Granny's? That's a great question because the because design. I'm pretty sure it's Granny's. Yeah. If I'm being honest. Yeah, the design looks exactly like the same room Emma was staying. I think in. it's meant to be Granny's. Okay. Emma takes Henry home and he runs up the stairs just as his mom gets home. Regina storms up the steps and tells him to not leave his shoes lying on the stairs or someone could get hurt. Sean shows up at the hospital to see Ashley and the baby. And he tells her he is back. He bought a present for the baby, a pair of slippers, to which Ashley says they're perfect. My note here is Sean's line when he sees them. It, he says, is that her? And I wrote, I no. I started sh- giggling a no, little bit yeah. ago. I thought your note yeah. was like, oh. Yeah. No, Sean. Ashley is holding another <laughs> random baby. <laughs> like, yes, that's her. He just has to be sure, you know, maybe yeah. Gold did take the baby and it's a totally different <laughs> and, baby. And Ashley stole a different baby. <laughs> maybe they're using her to like nurse a baby from a mom um, who can't nurse. I don't know. Well, all right. Well, Sean's not, not the smartest of people, it seems. I have here Emma calls Graham and asks whether the deputy job is still open. And she wonders if Regina is going to be happy about this. And Graham tells her he's not concerned. But then we see he, he picks up his socks from under the bed, which Regina told the person that she was with to do that because last time he left them behind. And yeah. so, yeah, we know that Graham and Regina are hooking up. I have some trivia and production notes, something that's changed. 
the season six episode, The Other Shoe, canonically, canonically establishes her real name is Ella, while her nickname is Cinderella. But that's a different Cinderella. Um, right? Season six? Uh, no. No, season no. seven. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, okay. Well, that's just. But I also don't remember Cinderella being in season six. That was something. But... Um, her and Sean are tied for the longest gap in between episodes that they're in. And it was like four or five seasons or something like that. And then the second person was Gaston, I think, uh, was in second place because he was like three seasons or something. It, it, yeah. it, it was a list. On screen numbers, the pawn shop address is 3480. I don't know why. I think I think that was a lost reference. I can't remember um, why I put that uh, in here. It might have been. I feel mm. like I have heard that number before in reference to something. So that could be it. Mm. A recycled CGI set, the computer-generated imagery model created for the interior of Prince Thomas's castle is recycled and reused for King Xavier's castle in season two, the episode The Miller's Daughter, and Prince Eric's castle in season three, Ariel. I did think it, uh, I'd seen it before, but you know, we've watched these, uh, we've watched this series a couple times now, so a castle's a castle in the show. Yeah. This can be seen from the archways, the balcony outside, which have very similar design. The model is used again for the Camelot Castle Courtyard in season five and the Prince's Castle in season seven premiere Hyperion Heights, which can be seen from the archways and the railing on top of them. Observations. Several of the guests in the background of Cinderella and Thomas's wedding celebration ball are computer generated. On-screen numbers, Sean and Mitchell's residence at their house is 431. Observations. According to Emma, Boston is four hours away from Storybrooke. Two objects of Emma's childhood are hidden in the episode. The glass unicorn mobile from Emma's crib in the pilot can be seen hanging in Mr. Gold's pawn shop. The purple and white baby blanket she was found in, also in the pilot, is visible in a suitcase behind Emma as she unpacks boxes. When Henry loses his shoe on the stairs towards the end of the episode, it is an allusion to Cinderella losing her glass slipper on the stairs. Ruby mentions Ashley is taking night classes, which implies Storybrooke has a university, or at the very least, the high school offers nighttime college classes. And I don't know if I want to read this last one, but maybe. The wolf hanging in Ruby's car is an added allusion to her Red Riding Hood identity, escorted through the woods by the big bad wolf. Yeah. So what I find interesting about like there being a college or whatever at Storybook 2 is it just just adds to the like but it's a small town but Regina's <laughs> like oh but it's bigger than you think that's yes but is it like yes I mean if we want to go at the very 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 end of the series I mean everything is there <laughs> everything from every world is in Storybrooke. Accurate. Yeah. So I, I think it's I think it's uh quite quite a large Storybrooke is the Narnia slash black hole of the United States. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, you're not wrong. Anything else you'd like to discuss about the episode? No. 
All right. Well, moving right, right along then. That concludes this week's episode of the Once Again Podcast. We have been your hosts, Ashley and Jason. If you'd like to reach out to us, you can at onceagainpod at gmail.com or tweet us at onceagainpod, all one word. If you're feeling generous and would like to contribute to the show, you can at patreon.com slash onceagainpod. Thank you and have an excellent day.